Welcome to Category 5 Technology TV. It's episode number 507 for Wednesday, the 7th of June, 2017. Nice to see you. I'm Robbie Ferguson, and tonight we've got a great show planned for you. We've received a bunch of viewer questions and comments. We're going to be hitting those at the, uh, near the end of the show, so make sure you stick around. We've also got uh, Tech News with Sasha Dermatis. She's going to be telling us about what's coming up. And we are going to be learning how to use a device in order to determine the amount of electricity being consumed by the appliances in our home or our workplace. And I'm shocked to find what device in my house is wasting hundreds and hundreds of dollars. You want to know the same. Stick around. Sasha? Here's what's coming up in the Category 5.tv newsroom. Microsoft will pay you to do your web searching through Bing. Toyota's latest infotainment system is powered by Linux. Apple is bringing AR and VR to their devices. And scientific researchers have confirmed a part of Einstein's general theory of relativity that Einstein himself said would never be observed. Stick around. The full details are coming up later in the show. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Our live recordings are trusted only to solid-state drives by Kingston Technology. Revive your computer with improved performance and reliability over traditional hard drives with Kingston SSDs. Henry, that was amazing. You My gotta gosh. do radio. What? That was really you good. You do radio. That was actually really good. <laughs> okay, thanks guys. <laughs> Dropped it down. And now, I let's talk know. about our feed streaming. <laughs> <laughs> category five, yeah, Category 5 TV streams live with Telestream, Wirecast, and Nimble Streamer. Tune in live every week on Roku, Cody, and other HLS video players. For local showtimes, visit Category5.tv. <laughs> Category5.tv is a member of the Tech Podcast Network. If it's tech, it's here. Cat5.tv slash TPN and the International Association of Internet Broadcasters. Cat5.tv slash IAIB. Welcome to the show. I'm Robbie Ferguson. Help me welcome Sasha Dermatis. Hello. And Henry Bailey Brown. Hello, girls. Over on my left, you're right. Hey. Hey, everybody. Hope you're having a great week. By the way, Debian Stretch is going stable. The newest, latest, greatest Linux distro from Debian. Yeah. Uh, it's coming out on June 17th. Now, I hope that you can join us for our release celebration, which takes place the following Wednesday. That's the 21st. Uh, if you'd like to be here in studio with us at our Barrie Studio D, that's in Barrie, Ontario, just about, uh, what, an hour north of Toronto? About an hour. Uh, you can get free tickets by going to our website, category5.tv, and click on Tickets. That's exciting. Mm -hmm. We have a live audience, and we can wave at you during breaks and stuff. What point? Like, <laughs> That's right. Hey, Sol Boo. Hey, Sol Boo. Well, there's an airport near Barrie, so they, wherever they are around the world, they can just fly in. and There you go. You know, there you go. Take the there's train. actually an airport in Oro, which is like... That's third. what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is, okay, so Oro is a very, very small, like, is it even a village? It's a hamlet. So the airport would be like for, for private Cessnas and things like that. Yeah. Or little gliders. Man, I can go like all into it. I know the airport manager. They actually have Air Canada there, but it's like Air Georgian, which is like a sub airline of Air Canada. You're not going to get a 747 in there. No. But you can get <laughs> a team in there for air shows. No matter <laughs> oh, you where go. you live in the world, if you're watching <laughs> you this show here. now, you can get here and we nice. expect it. 
Absolutely. But there's only room for 10. So <laughs> first come, first serve. Yeah. Oh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We love Debian. And uh, just so you know, mm-hmm. Ubuntu is a derivative or uh, an offshoot of Debian. So oh, okay. it's actually based on Debian. Uh, mm-hmm. A lot of other distros are too, like Linux Mint, um, PC Linux OS. Uh, what other ones? I think uh, they're Raspberry. Elementary. Raspbian? Like that. Raspbian, of course, yeah. <laughs> Just take I the dev one. out and put <laughs> Raspbian. Yeah, exactly. All right, it's time for our new feature, Cool Upcoming Tech. Dun, dun, this dun. week we are looking at the Smart Air Lamp. Uh, in 2015, the first ever floating light bulb succeeded in its Kickstarter campaign, but the original had a few issues. First of all, uh, the original floating light bulb, it had a bit of a difficulty uh, finding the right floating point. With the smart air lamp, however, the levitating light lifts itself off from its base, eliminating the original difficulty. The original floating light bulb was not very bright, but Smart Air Lamp is three times as bright, making it not only a cool centerpiece, but also a functional lamp. A Smart Air, air Lamp uh, is also wireless, so you don't have uh, a wow. power cable going into it like its predecessor, huh. but it also has two USB charge ports, so That's cool. even though it has no power going into it, you can charge your wow. smart devices as well. Uh, when the battery does run out, the floating lamp will gently land itself and the light turns off. Smart Air Lamp needs our help so that they can manufacture the next generation of floating lights. All you have to do is go to cat5.tv light to check out the new Kickstarter campaign and pre-order your Smart Air Lamp today. All right, folks, we've got a fantastic show planned for you tonight. So We're going to be looking at electricity and how we can monitor the usage of our appliances and mm-hmm. various devices mm-hmm. throughout our household or business, and we're going to learn how to evaluate the cost of running these devices. Hmm. Henry, Sasha, what devices would you say in your house would use the most electricity? My computer. computer? Like, okay. the most, yeah, probably my TV. I, your TV? I think so. Like, the most as far as phantom load or the most as far as, like, what oh, gets Oh, yeah, on? there is the phantom right? power as well, yeah. where if, if it's off, it's still seeping. Right. It's so, a vampire power. I like, <laughs> I, I'm crazy about that, so I unplug everything after I use yeah. it, right? <laughs> hey, why not? So, but I don't unplug my TV. Okay. Right? So I think that it would probably be my TV. It's Everything else, running. it's always plugged in. Oh, and my fridge. So fridge is... Maybe yeah. my fridge. Freezers. My fridge or my TV. Well, I've got... Uh, you know, we, we are a family of five. I've got a, an upright freezer in the basement. Oh, that I've got it. a full-sized fridge in the, in the yeah. kitchen. <laughs> I've got all kinds of those kinds of hydrain devices. And we've got the up. central air and, and all that kind of stuff as well. Mm-hmm. So... Um, Nest is really helping us to cut down on our uh, our costs with the air conditioning and the heating, All right. and it's working. It really is working, right? Um, and we're starting to see an impact there, and that's because Nest gives us monthly reports to show us how our usage is doing. So I've had now with the transition from winter to spring, and now the kind of summer weather, oh, yeah. right. uh, we have just left everything turned off, and so it's really cool seeing our Nest report come in <laughs> saying we've used no energy. Wow. From our furnace and AC. That's super That's cool. cool. It's like They're, a game in real life. That's what you're doing. It's like yeah. playing a game in real life. It kind of is. And, and when you know this information, this is a thermostat, a smart thermostat. Mm-hmm. And it's cool because I can bring it up on my phone and I can see it from anywhere and all this kind of stuff. Right. It's awesome. But when we know this information, when we know how our usage is affecting our electricity bill, mm-hmm. it can really, really help us to control our usage, make some decisions so that we can cut down on the cost. Okay. Here in Ontario, Canada, 
energy bills, as you probably have heard through your local news source, are through the roof. Yes. It's ridiculous. It's pretty bad. So we set out to say, okay, how can we figure out what appliances in our house are draining uh, our electricity and costing us money? So we're not really thinking too much today about phantom power. We're thinking more about, you know, what devices in the house are really costing me money on an ongoing basis. Right. Because realistically, the trickle of of a vampire power source might be a couple of cents a month. If okay. that, um, in I my have, mind, it's so much more. But pack of gas. The first thing that I did was uh, I I measured um, the light bulbs in my kitchen. Okay. Because we have under cabinet lights. Right. And I thought, well, this would be a good place to start. So I did it, and it was costing like seventy cents a month, or maybe forty-eight cents, or something, something so negligible that I didn't even really, I didn't write it down. Okay. Yeah. Let's don't, just say. Yes. Don't worry about it. So how did I do that, and what is involved in doing that? Well, we've got. A product this the one that we're reviewing tonight the one that we're looking at is uh branded as rio rand so um you know it's probably something that's uh uh let's see i'm guessing it's like a china built kind of thing because you you find it you know if you go to amazon.ca it's Mm -hmm. rio rand if you go to dot com it's a different brand but the same product you know these products where they rebrand all the time uh but the product itself is Mm -hmm. awesome have you ever heard of kilowatt Kilowatt is very, very similar to this, but I'm going to tell you what's different. Hmm. First of all, both this and the kilowatt, you plug this into your outlet. Let's pull it out so that I can show you. Too bad we don't have a zoom this week. Oh, I do. (laughs) I do. I have an overhead camera. Oh, if you want to see it. Okay. So as simple as it is, it's just a device like this. You plug this into your wall and you plug your device into this. So the kilowatt, this is probably the most popular model of something like this. Okay. It's like a power meter. Uh, the kilowatt loses the memory as soon as you unplug it. Oh, okay. It doesn't have a built-in battery or a built-in, uh, it doesn't remember uh. the stuff. So when you plug this into your fridge and you leave it plugged in for an hour or 10 hours or whatever you want to measure... Um, when you un- it's really tough to get in behind a fridge. Right. So it's a good example of where this particular device with the 3.6-volt uh, built-in rechargeable battery mm-hmm. makes a lot more sense because then I can get in behind the fridge where I'm like going like yeah. this. <laughs> I can unplug it, and then I can pull it out and look at the meter. Right. And not User lose friendly. everything. Yeah. yeah. So it's a cheap device. You can get it at cat5.tv slash energy. And there you'll see that it's available on Amazon.com, Amazon.ca through our links, hmm. but also Amazon.co.uk. So you see this is a 120 volt. Mm-hmm. Uh, the .co.uk version is 230 to 250, so it'll work fine with your appliances. Your there crazy in the UK. appliances. Cool. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so first of all, I plugged it in, uh, as I said, to my lamps. They didn't really generate any, they didn't use any energy to write home about. Hmm. Um, so I started going around the house to various yeah. devices. Right. And we're going to look at how those devices um, performed, if you will, okay. what kind of money they cost me on an ongoing basis, and then we'll look at how the device works. Before we get into that, though, mm-hmm. I want to refer to an email that we received from Orange Man as we're looking at our power consumption and the cost of power consumption. Maybe, Sasha, if you could read uh, Orange Man's email, and thank uh, you for contacting us, Orange I'd Man. love to. Okay, so Orange Man says, a few weeks ago we had a knock on the door. It was an electricity board engineer here to change our old meter to a digital one. 
When he finished the job, I asked him what would happen to the old meter, and he told me they put it in a big pile and they're left to rust. So I asked if I could keep it instead, and he let me. So with the help of my friend Mervin, who is an electrician, I wired it up to my Linux servers and now measure the amount of watts used per hour. Turns out the servers only use 80 watts an hour when idle and at 180 when I'm using them. As a side note, Mervin has since suffered a heart attack but is recovering well. Mm. Our thoughts are with him and his family. We're not all as handy as Mervin and Orange Man. Mm-hmm. I'm not. And even, you know, being the mathematical genius yeah. that you have to be to say, okay, how much is a kilowatt hour? How many watts are working into this equation? And, and you look at videos on YouTube and some <laughs> professor with a chalkboard has got his equation up. The and entire wall. Carry the one. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. It can get complicated. So here's another advantage to this particular product from cat5.tv slash energy. Mm-hmm. Not to sound like a sales pitch. This is not slap chop this is just i want you to know where you can get the proper product because there are tons that look very very similar right okay um so one of the advantages is that this has a button right here a button cost Cost. oh so we can actually figure out in the device how much our electricity usage is costing us so ideal Uh uh-huh so first of all I plugged it into my freezer at home. Mm-hmm. We've got the upright freezer, and it was using energy, but not a whole lot. I like, wasn't cool. too overly okay. concerned. Hmm. Then plugged it into my fridge because we thought, hey, maybe our fridge is not very efficient. It came with the house, and yeah. it's not, uh, you know, it's not in the best of shape. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so after running it, so what I did is I plugged it in, mm-hmm. and first of all, we need to know the cost per kilowatt hour. Right. How can this thing figure out how much the electricity costs if it doesn't know our overall, like, what is the government charging us? Magic. Yeah. No. Just like that. Just like that, it knows. So I pulled out our PowerStream bill, and this bill uh, has our breakdown for the month. And uh, next to our uh, electricity usage, you see the kilowatt hour cost, which is 18 cents per kilowatt hour here in Ontario. Huh. So... We also have off-peak hours and things like that. Exactly. So if you want to know how much it costs off-peak, then you can factor that in as well. Oh, okay. But for the sake of my knowing how much this is costing me, I really want to use, here's, here's what it's realistically costing oh, okay. me at like the, the worst-case yeah. scenario. Worst-case scenario. Yeah. Something like a fridge, it's running on-peak and off-peak. So you might as well. well. Yes. Yeah. So on-peak is uh, $0.18 cents per hour, per kilowatt hour, mm-hmm. uh, versus $0.13 cents during winter mid-peak. And I guess it's going to fluctuate. It's going to change here and there. So how do we do this? Okay, so first of all, um, this device, we just simply need to tell it... i got to figure out all my buttons here. i got so many buttons. (laughs) So many buttons. So many buttons. Okay, so now do keep in mind, this is not plugged in, but because of that built-in battery, it does have all of the information loaded. And this information we're going to come up to... But if I push the cost button, you can see I've set that to my 18 cents. To configure that, I'm just going to hold my cost button down, and it will start flashing. Hmm. Oh, let's see. There we go. So now press function, and you can navigate. Function again to move, because we're not into the dollar. We're into one, so I can go down for zero, up for one, and then hit function again to get to the eight. And I can change that accordingly. So it's very, very wow. accurate to yeah. my, my bill because I'm setting the kilowatt cost mm-hmm. that the government is charging me. So my fridge, 
the uh, the math came through after. So what I did is uh, I ran it for uh, 54 minutes and 20 seconds. All right. On 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 my fridge. Okay. Right. So I went and watched a show with my wife, and then came back and unplugged it. And because it's got the battery, I could do that, and it's great. Yeah. So it shows us the low was 11.1 watts. The high was 794.4. So not terrible. Less mm-hmm. than a computer that's got some yeah. power behind it. Um, but in 54 minutes and 20 seconds, it cost me two cents. Oh. Two cents. Two cents in an... Okay. In about an hour. So two cents, two cents so an hour to refrigerate. So to refrigerate so keep twi- food cold. It's not a lot of money. So 48 cents a day. Right? It's not, it's not much, eh? 48 cents a day. That's it. So factor that into the month. Let's grab a calculator here so that we can start <laughs> doing some actual math. Uh, okay, so we've got uh, 60 divided by 54.2, because that's approximately how long. 54 minutes yeah. and 20 seconds is not actually 0.2, but it's close enough. Uh, mm-hmm. So that's 1.1 and some change. So multiply that by my cost will give me the hourly. So 0.02. So my hourly cost is about... 2.2 cents. So if we take that and multiply that by uh, a day, so 24 hours, 24, is about 53 cents per day. Okay. Okay. So not anything to write home about. Multiply that by, you know, say 31 for a month. It's costing me anywhere between about 15 to $16, $16.50 per month to have my fridge running. That's hmm. worth it. It's absolutely for worth cool it. food. And yeah. now, now I know. Now I know my fridge is actually not costing me a whole lot of money. So when I get that hundred and eighty dollar electricity bill, mm-hmm. my fridge is not really a huge part of that. That's so interesting. Now my unit only plugs into one hundred and ten, one twenty outlets. So mm-hmm. I can't plug this into like my washing machine that's two forty. Oh my gosh! Right. So yeah. there are other devices in order to do that, um, but. For this one, I can only do the appliances that plug into a standard 110, 120 outlet. Okay. Wow. So next up, I thought, okay, what else do I have in my house that's possibly using some electricity? Hairdryer? You said it. No. Because hairdryer, you're only using for a few minutes oh, and then you turn true. it off, right? Stargate uses a lot of electricity. My Stargate does. You just get here like transport. <laughs> nice. Oh, like your computer, TV? The computer. Computer. The computers. I've got like the sucker of my Unraid server is um is oh pretty big it's got i think eight or nine hard drives in it oh my gosh okay it's got two xeon processors oh no how much is oh uh, two great big honking intel fans <laughs> a great big chassis uh you don't need to like have a heater at your house you just get your like computer and like your rate set up just to heat your house for you you don't even know the half of it. It's in, <laughs> it's in a rough-in in our okay. basement. And mm-hmm. in that rough-in, it is sub- significantly warmer than the rest of the house. Absolutely. Sounds like a sauna room. That's, that's nice. How much Honestly, is... I'm so interested. I run two servers at home. One of them is our, mm-hmm. um, our um, Unraid server, which is our file storage, all of our family photos and family stuff, Plus, all of the Category 5 backups go there because it's off-site from the studio. Oh, yeah. Um, that's a lot of space, so that's why we need so many hard drives. Then, uh, we have a game server for the kids to play on as yeah. well. So okay. they can connect and do LAN, LAN games and stuff w- yeah. um, with their friends at the house. So, those two systems are running, and I plugged this in. Uh-oh. <laughs> 
And this is where, you know, this is the disclaimer. Sweetheart, if you're watching, I want you to turn off the show. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I don't want you to see what this is costing us. Hi, the dog. Yeah. <laughs> I think I found it. Uh, and this is, this is where this device is amazing. I would never know. I, I know that my computer's probably using a lot of energy. Yeah. I yeah. didn't know it was this bad. Uh oh. Okay, so I've still got the memory <sighs> in here from before when I left. And you see, 71 cents is the cost at 18 cents. How long was it running? I turned it on this morning and unplugged it when I, got, when I came to the studio. Eight hours and 30 minutes. Eight hours and 30 minutes. Huh. Okay. Let's see the cost of that. It's going to be a little bit more expensive than a refrigerator. A little bit. Okay, so eight hours and 29 minutes. Uh, let's say that. So that's eight and a half hours. 8.5 hours is uh, 0.71. So 24 hours divided by 8.5 is the equivalent of 2.82 um, what would be the math of this? So 71 cents for every 8.29 hours. So 8.29 so. divided by... Um, couldn't, you, hmm? couldn't you divide 71 by the 8.29 to get the cost the of average. one hour and then times it by... 70, uh, so 71 right? cents, point seven one. I hate doing math live. I hate doing math also, but I know. Like find the school. cost of one hour. You divide the amount by the... yeah. So 8.29? Yeah. Dot seven one divided by 8.29. Do you yeah. think so? I think so. 0 0.8 cents per hour. So if I... So let's try it. So then times that by so 24. So 8 cents per hour. So take 8 cents times 8.29. So 8.5. And that is 68 cents. So very, very close. Yeah, okay. you're right. You're right. So yeah. Nice. Sasha! So I said... So it's about... Uh, we'll say... 0.085 cents okay. per hour times 24. That's oh. One, one day. <laughs> the reaction. <gasps> dun, dun, dun. Yeah. Okay. Servers costing me about $2.04 per day. That's right. Day. That's 62 cents a month. No. Or $62 a month. I mean. $63.24. <laughs> a, a month. So Sasha's right with the math. Uh, did you see how we did that? We took the cost. So 0 0.71. Right. So 71 cents. 0 0.71 divided by the time as given in that in hours. Mm -hmm. So uh, we'll go 8.29 to make it perfectly accurate. So that's 0 0.08564, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Times. So that's per hour, 24 for 24 hours. So the actual real value without any rounding or anything is that, $2.06, okay? Multiply that by 31, because there's 31 days in a month. And the server is costing me $63.72 per month right. to run it. Uh-oh. That's, <laughs> That's a where lot of this, this device cost um, less than half of that. And immediately, 
is going to knock my electricity bill way down because guess what's going to happen is I'm going to start turning off my server when it's not in use or coming oh. up with some other solution, maybe reducing the number of hard drives in there because that's using mm-hmm. a lot of electricity. Right. So immediately this has saved me more than the value of the device. Already, yeah. Just like that. And I found one thing in my house that is bringing up my monthly amount to by more than $60. So mm-hmm. here we've got bi-monthly billing. That's $120 per bill. Wow. Is that. And remember, I said the bill was $180. Crikey. You could get some solar panels on your that, roof or something. That is significant, <laughs> folks. That That's is a big crazy. Deal. It is. That's from two oh. computers running. So, and albeit one of them is a server and it's, it's uh, a power hog. For yeah, sure. but still, like, how many families out there have like two or three computers? Right? Exactly. You have all these computers all hooked up. You got you know everything else. You've got, uh, and we tend to keep old stuff. Like, oh, we don't, <laughs> we don't, you know, for the for the kids' playroom, we're just going to keep that old TV because we don't want to, you know, why, why bother spending the hundred and twenty dollars to <sighs> replace it with a flat screen or something? Good old tubes. right? Right. And Except meanwhile, that it's-, it's costing you that. <laughs> so the only way to really know is to have something like this or to have the genius to be able to do what Orange Man did. But, hey, this one I can just take and plug in, and it gives me the, the actual cost. Well, yeah, I was just amazed when you could find out everything. I didn't even realize I could just do everything on the machine itself. Isn't that nice? Yeah, it's so nice. So other than that very simple amount of math, thank you. Um, <laughs> I would like my grade 11 math teacher to know that I solved something incredibly difficult just makes it live. so much easier right <laughs> yeah so when okay yeah. 71 cents yeah that's what's my so when nasa about. needs like astronauts or stuff you can say here's sasha she's smart cool watch the episode where she figured out how much it costs per hour Whoa. that's right yeah. and robbie didn't i need to give you an update on my toothbrush thing all right because i got it i received my toothbrush do you, you got have, it yes okay before we get into okay. the toothbrush Grab this one at cap5.tv slash energy. And of course, you can also submit your ballot for our contest for the treasure chest because this is in there. It is uh, simply achieved by sending us an email contest at category5.tv and tell us all about what you love about Category 5 Technology TV or the network or any of our shows, and, uh, and then we're going to cast your ballot. If you win, you're going to be able to choose anything from the treasure chest, and that can be yours. And incidentally, we found out that there is one for the UK as well. Cool. So Which you're, is, you're in. You guys are covered. We've got this. Toothbrush. My toothbrush. I got it. And nice. This it, is a Bluetooth toothbrush. A Bluetooth toothbrush. Save, it saves my sessions. It saves your sessions. My sessions are my toothbrushing oh sessions. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> That's crazy. Right? So it, it, I have a little display and it tells me when to sw- switch quad- quadrants in my mouth. And if I it press... It has a display? Or it, has it? A, like it has a, a different display. So it's like a smiley like an face. LCD? Yeah. Okay. So it's not like, a, like a, wow. an, a, a, another phone kind of no, I do have a phone app for it, though. It is. Okay. Because okay. I was going to say, why would they have a display if it's Bluetooth? And they also... Like, yeah. So you have so the app. As well, the but app. the display tells you where you should be it brushing you in your mouth. Oh, Except really? if you're pressing too hard, it gives you a sad face. No. And then it tracks it. You can graph nah. and you can get trophies and badges. Nice. Like you can actually turn toothbrushing into a game. Anyway, there was some tie in to this, and I don't remember what it was, but I love it. <laughs> <laughs> Does it use energy? Is it that used, what oh, thinking? that's what it was. Yeah. Oh, we're talking about all of this. <laughs> yeah. And I just bought a toothbrush that you have to plug in and uh, get yes. charged. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So that would be some phantom draw for sure. If you're at work and it's charging, 
Yeah, well, it I, will charge after a couple hours. And exactly. Then, so I unplug it. Does it turn off itself? That's no. another thing about this mm. device is um, this will tell you if it's still drawing phantom power. Exactly. Because some USB charging devices and things like that will stop draining once they're charged. Mm-hmm. So this right. might tell you if it is. Mine would probably keep drain, uh, char- like draining. I would say I unplug yeah, it. Okay. I unplug everything. All right. So. Yeah, that works. Oh, yeah. Good. That works. Okay. Just That's wanted to give you an update since I was I did, super excited about I my toothbrush. I didn't know those were ex- like even existed. Bluetooth toothbrushes. It's got to be new. You can, it's like, incredible. Play games have, to your friends in the morning. You can, yeah, you can challenge. There's badges. I challenge you to, to a tooth. What do you? Yeah, like we're gonna a brush gin, off. A brush off. Fight today on category five. Our fight against gingivitis. That's the word. <laughs> the battle is real. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I just want to say thanks to everyone who has been supporting Category 5, Technology TV, and the network. Sasha, thanks for buying your toothbrush through our affiliate link. Uh, and you You're can do welcome. the same. Go to Category5.tv and click on Support Us. There are a variety of ways that you can do so. Not all of them cost you anything because uh, you can actually support us by shopping through our partners. And that's a really cool way that you can support the show. We've got to take a really quick break, and when we come back, we've got viewer questions, we've got the top news stories with a slight Linux bias, and a lot more right here on Category 5 Technology TV. Don't go anywhere. Now here's another great way you can support the shows you love from the Category5.tv network by shopping at GearBest. That's right, Jeff. Uh, Cat5.tv slash GearBest. It's an online store for the geek streak in you. Or the loved ones. Well... Of course. I mean, especially your loved ones, right? Uh, because cat5.tv slash gearbest, quite frankly, has all of the greatest tech gifts that you could ever hope for at rock bottom prices. Do they have cell phones? You betcha. Cat5.tv slash gearbest has a wide assortment of unlocked Android cell phones and tablets. What about computer? Uh consumer electronics those make a great gift absolutely from high-tech watches to action cameras headphones even virtual reality headsets cat5.tv slash gearbest has you covered they literally have it all jeff literally really it's like a superstore right from the comfort of your own chair at your computer through the interweb yeah, I, there's no way they have it all. It's true. It's just a bunch of ele- uh, random electronics. Test me. Um, what about clothes? Yep. Both men and women, fashionable apparel at rock bottom, super duper prices. Kind of like this. Well, look at this coat. What do you think? It's a slimming mock leather jacket. I love it. It's available for less than $30 plus free shipping at cap5.tv slash gearbest. All right. You kind of got me there. Wow. Any other questions for me, Jeff? Uh, now that the winter has passed, flying season. Do they have any good deals on, say, drone copters? Oh, my goodness. Well, check this out. Dude, they have everything. Check out over 500 various drones. And not only that, they're available marked down by about 30 to up to 63% off the regular price. Love it. What's the website again? Well, you're going to find GearBest on our partners' pages for any of your favorite Category 5 TV shows like New Every Day, Category 5 Technology TV, The Pixel Shadow. Uh, But, of course, if you want to shop absolutely right now and you want to go straight to the site, all you have to do is visit cat5.tv slash gearbest. See, that's easy. cat5.tv slash gearbest. That's right. Happy shopping. 
Welcome back. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Our website is category5.tv. There you'll find not just Category 5 Technology TV, but our other shows on the network as well. Uh, make sure you check it out. We've got a lot of great stuff. Also, you can get tickets to our upcoming events, including our Debian Stretch release party. We've got the 10th anniversary of Category 5 Technology TV coming up as well. Uh, and we've got some confirmed guests. You want to be here uh, in person if you can be. And you can get your tickets at Category5.tv. Of course, we're going to be broadcasting all of those events live as well. So if you can't be here due to geographic or otherwise uh, reasons, uh, you can still tune in live on the air. Be here in spirit. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, Flight season's finally here. How's it been going? It's been really, really fun. (laughs) Blue skies everywhere. Beautiful day today. It's been absolutely amazing. Yeah, actually, I had a few drone shoots. They went very well, you know. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it's cut... Just flip the drone over and you can cut some grass and then flip it Sweet. back over and then keep shooting some video. Does Buzz let you do that? It has like some kind of accelerometer that says you can't fly upside down. Right? <laughs> no, I can't. Oh, okay. I'm not like a micro drone that I push a button and I can go like whoop, all of a sudden do like down. a flip. I have one that's like that and it's so cool. You can actually you can fly either either way. That's and so it's neat. Very agile, very fast. That's so neat. Like just just to add something too. Like DJI came out with a new Spark drone, so like that really yeah. small one, so they can like use the force and use your hand movements to control it. That's cool. That's what I need. At the same time, <laughs> I'm like, like Imogen, Imogen Heap. Gets uh, control of your drones. It's just like if you're traveling with a friend, though, and they have like a little drone, don't get them angry, or else like they make the drone attack you. It's like attack my friend. Uh. <laughs> nice. Uh, we sell uh, drones on our website. If you go to cat5.tv/fly, you'll see some of the ones that Henry and I love. Uh, they are, you know, we've got everything from entry level all the way up to uh, like video drones, and uh, we've we've uh, demonstrated a lot of them here on the show. Uh, but you can check out our stock at cat5.tv/fly, or if you want one that you don't see there, uh, let us know, and we'll see what we can uh, what we can do for you. Uh, also, Chipolo is a, uh, a little chip that allows you to track any of your lost devices. You can stick it in your wallet, stick it in your computer tower if you fear someone's going to steal it from you, and then you can track it down using geolocation. Very cool right. little device, and they are available for 30% off to Category 5 TV viewers. All you have to do is go to Category5.tv, click on Support Us, and shop with our partners. Scroll down until you see Chipolo, and you'll get that 30% off just by clicking our link just like that very super cool it's technology <laughs> all right let's do the news do it <laughs> here here are the stories we're covering this week in the category 5.tv newsroom microsoft will pay you to do your web searching through bing toyota's latest infotainment system is powered by linux bringing AR and VR to their devices, and scientific researchers have confirmed a part of Einstein's general theory of relativity that Einstein himself said would never be observed. These stories are coming right up. Don't go anywhere. Jeff Weston. Yaman. You're building a brand new beautiful website. What? Aren't you? No. Am I? You're a terrible actor. What? This is where acting comes into play. Oh, I didn't know we were acting. You're supposed to act. Okay, fair enough. All right. I'm building a really cool website. Are you building a really cool website? You need hosting. One of the things about a hosting account is you don't want to have limitations put on your website. 
It's true. How much hard drive space do you have? How many email accounts? How many domains can point to it? Well, we've got an amazing deal for you. For a very limited time, cat5.tv slash dreamhost. For just $5 and a bit of change per month, you are going to get unlimited website hosting, unlimited email accounts on that hosting uh, service. You are also going to receive a free domain name. Ooh. So your own .com. Nice. To put that amazing website that you've been working on it's on true. there. If you run, if you want to build a WordPress site, fine. Sign up. Cat5.tv slash dreamhost. Just don't put Panama Papers on it. Just don't do it. But hey, uh, it's a great deal, folks. Best deal you're going to find. $5 and change per month. Go to cat5.tv slash dreamhost. I'm Sasha Dermatis, and here are the top stories for the week of June 7, 2017. Microsoft Rewards is planning to pay people to use Bing instead of its competitors. People with a Microsoft account can sign up for the rewards program, which gives users points when they purchase an item in the Microsoft Store or, get this, when they search on Bing. These points can later be reimbursed for items. Google still has a stronghold on the search engine market with a close to 86% of all searches being done through their search engine. Bing is in second place with about 10%. The rewards program will have a variety of levels. Level 1 members will be able to earn points for 10 searches a day and level 2 users can earn points for 50 searches per day. Good luck, Bing. Toyota will be the first U.S. automaker to use automotive-grade Linux, also known as AGL. They'll be including it in the 2018 Toyota Camry. AGL is an open-sourced system based on, you guessed it, Linux. It boasts 200 members from various sectors including Toyota, Honda, Mercedes, Qualcomm, Intel, and Samsung. The system is designed as an option to offerings from tech companies like Google and Apple, giving automakers a solid base that they can easily customize and update. The vice president of Toyota says the AGI platform, AGL platform gives drivers greater connectivity and new functionalities at a pace that is more consistent with consumer technology. He's referring to the fact that automakers are notorious for using slow, outdated tech in their homegrown entertainment systems. As a result, consumers prefer higher tech, more current gear like Android Auto and Apple's CarPlay. While automakers have offered these options to give drivers what they want, they generally aren't crazy about giving tech companies like Google and Apple such prominent place in their cars. That's where AGL comes in, returning control to the center console to automakers, while letting them easily update or modify the tech. The tech will eventually come to other Toyota vehicles, as, along with models from sister company Lexus. The system may also appear in vehicles from Mazda and Mercedes and Ford as they and other members keep an eye on the success of the Camry release. Nice. Yay, Linux. Apple CarPlay, that's a thing? Yeah. I didn't even know. I didn't know they had anything that didn't start with I. <laughs> like iCarPlay? I, Apple iCar. That's what I would have expected. No, that's, that's still coming. They're still working on the car. <laughs> no. Oh, that's how they did it. Yeah. No, that's Came weird. out with the phone first. What I like about this is that this story sheds light on the fact that we don't always recognize that what we're interacting with is Linux. Mm -hmm. Right. And Linux is such a prominent player in the OS market for embedded devices and servers. The internet itself is run on Linux. Um, and you look at that dash and you think, 
that's just the interface for the fo- uh, you know the whole system the the phone the AM FM radio the sat satellite disc USB whatever super good looking and it's Linux under so the cool. hood we had a under comment we had a comment was it last uh, week that somebody's ATM oh, was yeah. it was run by Linux it was in right. the UK I think and Scotland. Ah, there you go. So uh, that uh, that's another example of you know. Uh, so the ATM embedded machine running Linux. Good and we job. We don't always recognize it. He, he go Linux. It. Well yeah. Mm-hmm. For the win. Yay. Apple may be the biggest tech company in the world, but some of the biggest tech stories in recent years haven't involved Apple much at all. Amazon redefined the concept of a personal assistant by freeing it from the phone and creating a standalone speaker that you could talk to in your home. Myriad myriad companies, none of them Apple, have been fighting over the future of virtual reality, augmented reality, and everything in between. And now everyone is talking about machine learning with Google and Facebook leading the charge. Yet on Monday, at its annual developer conference, Apple announced new efforts in all three areas at the same time. The company is bringing augmented reality to the iPhone and iPad, while virtual reality is coming to the Mac. And you can soon find Siri inside a standalone speaker for the home. At the same time, Apple is sharing machine learning tools with developers while being more open about its efforts. Like so many of Apple's best ideas, someone else thought of them first. It's just that Apple believes it can make them better. These are the technologies that some of the world's biggest technology companies believe will define the future of how we interact with our computers. Not through mechanical interfaces, but more natural human experiences. Now that Apple thinks so too, it's simply a question of whether their slick software and massive customer base will allow the company to leapfrog its competitors despite their late start. I believe they will do it. Think they're going to do it? I think mm-hmm. so. They're Apple. That must be infuriating when you're a creator and you yeah. invent or at least build upon something in such a way that it's really your baby. Yeah. And then have a company like Apple come in and like, hey, release their it. version and it's better. At the same time, I almost wish like Google, Apple, like all these companies could have like a baby or something and just make like the ultimate like smart thing. I Google. The I, <laughs> the I Google you or something. I don't know. But really, like, there's just so many amazing people out there with so many amazing ideas. Yeah. And it's just like, oh, I wish, I wish you could, like, put your minds together and make something amazing mm-hmm. without having to worry about company constraints. Because, like, I, I, I was watching the Apple show the other day, the Apple show, <laughs> um, the conference the other day, and it was really neat. Because, you know, like, the, um, the little Apple speaker thing, it looks really neat. It's very... But doesn't it feel like... So yeah, but everything at the same they do time, is so going to do it well. Slick. Yeah, but at the same time, you already have a like Google Home and you have like all these other things, right? So right. it's just like, but this is Siri and this mm-hmm. is so and an Alexa. Are they going to fight now? Like, if you have two different speakers, are they going to like fight each other? Wouldn't that be neat? If that'd they could be awesome to the death. I would watch. I thought I see. I th- I'm going to say it's morbid, but I'd watch that short film. <laughs> like that. That would be amazing. <laughs> People are going to have kids named Siri and Alexa. Oh my gosh. No. Please don't. If you're thinking about it, stop. Stop yourself. now. Do not even procreate at this point. <laughs> you're doing it wrong. Don't do it. Okay. <laughs> oh my God. Wow. Okay. 
Albert Einstein predicted that whenever light from a distant star passes by a closer object, gravity acts as kind of a magnifying lens, brightening and bending the distant, star, the distant starlight. Yet, in a 1936 article in the journal Science, he added that because stars are so far apart, there is no hope of observing this phenomenon directly. Now, an international research team has done just that, as described in the article, which will be released this, in this Friday's publication of Science. The study is believed to be the first report of a particular type of Einstein's gravitational microlensing by a star other than the Sun. Terry Oswalt of Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University explains... When a star in the foreground passes exactly between us and a background star, gravitational microlensing results in a perfectly circular ring of light, a so-called Einstein ring. The group observ observed a much more likely scenario. Two objects were slightly out of alignment and therefore an asymmetrical version of an Einstein ring formed. The ring and its brightening were too small to be measured, but its asymmetry caused the distant star to appear off-center from its true position. This part of Einstein's prediction is called astronomic lensing, and this is the first time it's been observed in a star other than the sun. Amazing. Thanks for watching the Category 5.tv newsroom. Don't forget to like and subscribe for all your tech news with a slight Linux bias. And for more free content, be sure to check out our website. From the Category 5.tv newsroom, I'm Sasha Dermatis. Thanks, Sasha. This is Category 5 Technology TV. Please check us out on our website, Category5.tv. Don't forget to subscribe to us on YouTube. And hey, if you didn't know, we in fact uh, edit out all of the features from each full-length episode every single week right. and you can get those on our sister channel it's linuxtechshow.com so anytime you want to uh you know just oh, okay. get the meat of the episode the feature itself that's where you want to go and then you've got mm -hmm. videos that you can share a little more easily than an hour that's long right. video hey everybody watch this yeah. Yeah, yeah i mean exactly. really actually hey everybody watch, watch this, this. But, yeah like but we do get sometimes uh, folks uh, on our on our main YouTube channel saying, mm -hmm. you know, I came here for this 10-minute segment, and it's a whole hour and a half long to, yeah. to watch to get there. Right. Head on over to linuxtechshow.com. That's what you're looking for. It's just edited down little uh, okay. snippets of Category 5 TV. And, of course, those snippets are also available on our website, category5.tv. You'll find them. If you click on Shows, go to Category 5 Technology TV, and then you'll see the offshoot menu there that gives you the option for shorter clips from the show. Very super cool. We've had some comments, questions come in to the studio this week. Maybe we could tackle some of those. So if you've sent in your questions or your comments, uh, stick around. Don't you go anywhere because we're going to see what we can do for you. Our little short and condensed version of the <laughs> viewer question extravaganza. Right. That, sound? that sounds perfect. Perfect. Your tech mail. Thanks. Are you doing it? Yeah, I can do it. Go ahead. Oh, I was we... waiting for you to oh. read it. Oh, I thought we were like taking a commercial break yeah. or something. Oh, it seems no. so. No, let's get right into it. Yeah, oh, okay. okay. Let's do it. Unless you guys want a commercial. Just... No. Yay, support. No. Just kidding. No. This no, is like. Buy, they'll just buy stuff through Suspense. Our yeah, yeah, it's all good. No, this is awesome. Mary wrote in. Mary says, Hello, I'm Orange Man's wife. Hi, I... Mary. Hi, Mary. I have a sister named Mary, and she's Hello. awesome, too. <laughs> I am blind and cannot read anymore. Last week I met someone who used to go to our church and he told me about Kindle, which loads books and then you can use earphones to listen to them through text-to-speech technology. Neat. Yeah. 
Orangeman took a look at the books that are available on Kindle for me and we found that the content is not really to my liking. I'd be happy to just load my own books on MP3 and play them that way. We already we have already got the Bible on MP3. Do you have any suggestions on how I can get my books this way? Thank you from Mrs. Orangeman. Thanks, Mrs. Hi, Orangeman. Hi, Mrs. Hi, Mrs. Orangeman. Yeah, um, uh, you know, Kindle is pretty neat. And the whole text-to-speech thing, that's awesome. Oh, it's yeah. great technology. But it's also, it still kind of sucks, right? Like it's, and yeah. even to, to use text-to-speech, you know, it's cool and it's a really great feature, but it's not the same as an audiobook. An audiobook is a real person sitting down with the novel, reading it into a microphone. You get the inflection. You get the suspense. Mm-hmm. They've, they add right. music sometimes. They add well, they're, sound they're effects. Well, they're voice actors, right? They, exactly. They really make it, especially with Martian. Good book. I love my Star Trek audiobooks, I got to say. Yeah. You know, John Delancey is such a good read. He's a fantastic actor, and he mm-hmm. can do Picard, and he can do uh, Riker, and just <laughs> awesome. to a T. It's amazing. Um, but... Um, one of the, the suggestions that I would give you is to find sources for good audiobooks. And mm-hmm. probably the best known is called Audible yeah. um, these days. And the reason for that is because they, they really have the widest range of genres. So if you're looking for your spiritual content, they've got that. If you're looking for uh, nonfiction, if you're looking for fiction in any genre, they've got it. Uh, and quite often, it's the same books that you could buy and read um, if you if you were able to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, get Orange Man on there. Um, we actually are. Uh, I, I sought out Audible um, this week, having received your email, mm-hmm. and we have been successful in establishing a partnership with them. So if you go to our website, Category Five TV, let me just go there right now. Um, and, you know, I know that you're, you're just listening tonight, Mary, um, and that's cool. But John will describe what, uh, what we're doing here, and, and, uh, or pardon me, Orange Man, uh, Will, Peter. Um, and um, what I want to do is I want to click on uh, Support Us and Shop with Our Partners. And then you see Audible is now a part of that. And this is what I wanted to show um, to you or explain to you, is that what we've established is a 30-day free trial and they've got it set up so that you can cancel at any time. So this is like a non, no risk. Yeah. Like give it a try. You can listen to up to two books uh, through the course of your trial. And then if you don't like it or if you don't want to continue with it, you just cancel at any time and there's no harm, no foul. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's all you have to do. So um, head on over to our website, category5.tv. Check out Audible. I think that's probably going to be the best uh, resource for you. And those are audio books. So those are not computer-generated mm-hmm. robot right. voices. It's like somebody reading the book as in it's a script, but they're yeah. so dramatic. And like William Shatner. Just like... No, <laughs> stay away from those ones. <laughs> Just kidding. Could you imagine if every book on Audible was read by <laughs> William Shatner? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh. I would like Samuel and L. Jackson to oh, read a book. Awesome. That would yeah. be good. Yeah. He probably does. I hope He's in so. Everything. Morgan Freeman just yeah. reads life. No. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Fabulous. Thank you very much for reaching out, Mary. I appreciate that. And I hope that that's a good resource for you. Please let us know. Give us an update, all right? Yeah. Henry, do you have one for me? That would be awesome. Yes, I do. I have one from an Andy Cooper. Andy! You, you have been summoned, Andy. Hi. How are you doing? 
Um, hi, Robbie. Oh, he's talking to you. I'm sorry. Hi, Robbie. I was wondering if you might be able to answer a question for me, which might also be useful to other viewers of your show. A friend of mine is going from the UK to start a new teaching job in China. Ooh. She has been there before, and last time she took with her a Windows laptop with some kind of proxy software installed to allow her to communicate with the outside world. Yeah. The problem is that since her last visit, she's changed her laptop to a Linux machine running Ubuntu. And there doesn't seem to be any good proxy software for this operating system. So can you give any advice for um, traversing the great firewall of China? That's actually awesome. Sorry. Um, please and thank you. Keep up the excellent work. So it sounds like she was kind of using some kind of like um, proxy or a virtual private network. So she's just right. wondering if you have any advice about that. Yeah. Thanks, Andy. Um, so, hmm. Okay. On your Windows system, you were connecting through a proxy. What a proxy is, is it allows you to connect to another computer and then access the internet from there. Mm -hmm. So in China, where they block access to certain types of websites, for example, YouTube, um, because of Western propaganda and things like that, mm -hmm. or whatever the reason may be, uh, it's, it's very political. Uh, in order to access those sites, you can connect to a computer, a server in the United States of America, and then through that connection, access the site. Because the site, everything thinks you're just connecting to this server in America, and vice versa. So, so on Windows, yeah, you might need some fancy software and all that. I think maybe, I'm, I don't know of any, I'm like you, I don't know of any on Linux that are like, hey, here's a great GUI for setting up a proxy. That's what a proxy is. So knowing what a proxy is, can we do a proxy in Linux? And the answer is yes. Ooh. So we don't actually need any software. It's Linux. <laughs> it's built for that kind of stuff. So <laughs> we just got to hack a little bit. Uh, Rob Gore says try ExpressVPN. That's one, for example, to use on Ubuntu Linux. Easy to set up. That's a good uh, suggestion. Thank you. Um, but I know that, hey... You're a good friend, Andy. Uh, you don't mind sticking a Raspberry Pi in the back room. You've got good internet at home. So uh, let's use that as our proxy. Let's say, okay, I've got a Raspberry Pi. Mm -hmm. It's got SSH. And I'm just going to connect it to the internet and set up a, a really good, strong password for it. Mm -hmm. So that nobody, because it's going to be wide open to the internet, you don't want anyone to be able to access it. So the way to protect it is to set a good, strong password, maybe throw CSF LFD on there as a firewall. So if people try to guess at the SSH password, it'll block them after five attempts. Mm -hmm. uh, that's always a good thing. Maybe this is a good feature that we could do. I, so then fun. from China, your friend could connect from their Linux computer to that Raspberry Pi. It doesn't have to be a Pi. It can be your computer or anything at all on outside of that firewall. Mm -hmm. And then connect out to the web. Yep. Should we try it? Let's, yeah. Let's, let's hack some computers. I've got, <laughs> I have a Linux laptop right in front of me. Um, let's jump into the terminal. And first of all, I'm going to bring up my Google, and I'm going to go google.ca, and I'm going to type in IP. There's my IP address. Remember it. <laughs> okay, so now, armed with that information, we know that that is my internet connection here. So pretend I'm behind the Great Firewall of China. We want to get outside of that um, so that we can connect. Okay? 
So all I'm going to do is use a tool that's built in. I need to have a server or a computer with SSH, another Linux computer, basically, somewhere out there. There we go. I was like, what? I couldn't move things. Um, <laughs> you need to have another computer somewhere out there that you, you can connect to from that China mm -hmm. um, system. Okay? Mm -hmm. So I happen to have a, a server, a game server that I can use uh, for the sake of this demonstration. So I'm going to use that. Command is going to be SSH-D. And uh, what we're actually doing is we're setting up a SOX proxy on our computer using SSH. Cool. I'm going to SSH to my server that's in Canada. And then I'm going to connect out from there. So SSH-D, and then I'm choosing a port. So I always like to use 3001. Some people use 8080. The uh, reason I use 3001 is usually because that's not in use on my computer. Because um, this is opening a port on my computer, my laptop, your computer in China, not the remote computer. Uh, and then I want to enter the server address. So in my case... Um, just SSH, right? So, yeah, that's I got that right. So, okay, now I need to enter a password. So this is my password. And now I'm simply connected to that server with SSH-D, a SOX proxy. So now that I've done that, I'm going to minimize that window and just leave it running. And then let's bring up Firefox. So my, my proxy is open. My, my proxy is now running. I'm connected. But I, I'm still, if I go to Google, it's still going to give me the same IP address. What I need to do first is I need to go into the preferences of my browser. I'm using Firefox, but you may use something else. Go into Advanced Network Settings. It's going to be a little different for you. Uh, use System Proxy Settings. No, I want to use Manual Proxy Settings. HTTP proxy is 127.0.0.1. We know that is localhost. Port is 3001, which is what I specified. That's for HTTP. Then for SOX, 127.0.0.1. And then the port again, 3001. Leave everything else as default. That's fine. OK. Now, if all went well and I go to Google, uh, connection was reset. No! Interwebs. Some connections don't like it. Aw. Test before you uh, before <laughs> you do it. Let's see. Have I got? Yeah, I'm connected. So the port is open on three zero 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 one or uh, three zero zero one. Sure, I've got the command correct. I've got the settings correct. Yeah. Okay. Now that that's set, I'm just going to try close the browser just in case. Really want it to work first try. That'd be really nice. Do I have a firewall on here? It's the great firewall of Robbie. This is true. Does it have a status? No. UFW is installed. Oh. Uh, da -da, preferences. Uh, it's probably under admin. Firewall. Do you guys see it? Firewall, firewall. UFW D? No. Anyone know how to disable UFW? I can't Google mm -hmm. it because I'm. 
Maybe yeah. The problem is the HTTP proxy Enable. setting. Disable. Yeah. UFW. Disable. Sorry, what was that, Sash? Solbu says the problem is the HTTP, HTTP proxy setting. You have a SOX proxy, not an HTTP proxy. Firewall stopped and disabled. Let's try the uh, let's try the theory here. Okay. The good thing about running a live show. <laughs> oh yeah, and we and I love this about our show is that we can try things together, mm -hmm. and then uh, if you experience these problems, then hopefully, 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 it will help. Uh, let's try it that way. Mm -hmm. And our internet is actually down at the moment. Oh, no. So hang tight. Hang tight. Oh, no. Wah, wah. The interwebs. That is a joke. Why is it down so it's not, much tonight? It's not so funny, though. The weather? It's too nice. It's like I'm taking yeah. a holiday. That's right. The sun is beautiful. I work when I want to work. Yeah. Good old Rogers. Come on. You guys have chat on your phone that you can tell them. Oh, don't I worry. don't. That would explain why it didn't work. Oh yes. Oh, connecting again. <gasps> I'm back up. It's alive. We're back online. We're back <laughs> online. And then hit enter. Try again. Let's hope for it. Hello, everybody. Let's try Google. .ca. Yeah, he just killed the internet. Sorry, guys. Oh, you know what? <laughs> Our inter you're right. Killed the internet. Probably lost my connection. Um, which, which I did. Look, I'm connected to Robbie Laptop. That's right. Okay. Let's start over. See what happened there. We actually just lost the internet for a moment, as, uh, as Henry was saying. So... <laughs> I'm going to just kill all dash 9 SSH and then we're going to reestablish that SSH connection. Is the video still okay? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Uh, SSH dash D3001 and then my server, <coughs> the port, enter. If all's happy, it's going to ask me. There we go. I lost my connection due to our internet mm -hmm. going down. Yeah, it was just uh, buffering for a second, but... Okay. Apparently, so. audio is dropping out for some people, but I think that's just it, buffering. Okay, so as I apologize for that little bit of a hiccup there. Now, hiccup. what we've done, Solbu, um, thank you very much for mentioning it. Uh, I am using a SOX proxy this time around, not an HTTP proxy, so we changed the setting so that it is only using um, SOX. Okay, so I've left HTTP proxy empty. Now, Google it has come up. If I type IP, what is it? It's a different IP. Look at that. Okay, I'm going to turn off the proxy just to show you. No proxy. Okay, then I'm going to do the exact same search on Google. So right now it's 99.235. I'm going to research, research, uh -huh. search again. I might have to refresh. IP. Oh, very cool. I have now successfully created a SSH um, SOX tunnel, basically, through a server in Canada 
you can't use that server because you don't have an account, but you can set up a Raspberry Pi, you can set up a Linux computer, something with SSH so that they can tunnel through it. Cool. And it's yours. You're not relying <laughs> on a third-party service that has advertising or charges you astronomical right. fees. No. As long as you've got this system plugged into a good, solid internet connection, um, it's good to go. That's what I love about technology. Because it's like, at the yeah. same time, though, it's like you could technically use the same idea and if you wanted to you could technically make your own like cloud software if you know what i mean right mm -hmm. like your own dropbox oh yeah oh yeah you can yeah so uh, there just, is software to do that there's too. a lot of cool applications of this yeah. we're, I gonna, love we're it. gonna have so much fun this season oh my it's gosh it's gonna be so cool um please note andy that when you set this up for your friend if this is the route that you want to take um she will need to know how to enable and disable the proxy because if she's not connected to the proxy through SSH, she's not going to be able to access the internet if the proxy is enabled in her browser. Um, so you'll need to make sure she knows how to toggle it on and off mm -hmm. and how to enable the proxy with the SSH command or maybe you can set up a script or something like that. Um, there's probably a cleaner way to shut down the proxy. I usually just do a kill all on SSH. But if you have other SSH windows, that wouldn't work. So, <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's, uh, that's how I would do it. Awesome question. Yeah, very good question. Thank you very much. Uh, and I think that would make a really cool feature for a Raspberry Pi episode. <laughs> yes. Noted. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Do we have any more questions before we run out of time here? Well, we do. We have Rob Gore. Rob Gore. Hi, Robbie and gang. First, I oh. Rob Gore. And all viewers who have been around for some time, it is so nice to hear from you. Uh, it's been a while, and uh, we've missed you, and I uh, hope you're doing well. So thank you very much for reaching out to the show. Yes. Okay. I have resized some images using the GIMP so that they are the same height. Um, not concerned if the width is different. I checked the images, the image properties and made sure that they are all set to 400 pixels. 400 pixels. Pickles. 400 <laughs> pickles, pickles for cool. the height. And the XY resolution is set to 72 pixels per inch. When saving the images, I have used the save for web option with 90% quality. When adding these images to my website using WordPress, they are showing as different heights. Any mm -hmm. ideas or suggestions? Yeah, okay. Thanks. Let's understand the inner workings of how WordPress is, is treating your images. I'm going to head over to pexels.com. We're just going to grab a real quick uh, stock image. So, like that I don't know, cool one. Like Pexels. a car. Why don't I just grab these clouds? Okay. So poofy. Makes you want to fly, doesn't it, Henry? It's just like outside right now, Robbie. I've got to go. Yeah. I'll just throw that on my desktop for you here, Rob Gore. Okay, so I'm going to take that photo, and I'm going to, I'm going to make... Uh, you know what? I better grab a second photo here as well. Uh, because because we, want to, uh, we want to be able to demonstrate the difference. Here's a perfect <laughs> example. Pickles. This one's super wide. Okay. So that one's a perfect one to use. Okay, now we've got two pickles. Okay. <laughs> Grab these photos. Let's gr bring them up into the GNU image manipulation program. Okay. So we see that, and we see... Ooh, that's a big high-res image from Pexels. Nice. Ooh, yeah. You know it's a high-res <laughs> image when your system 
fades for a moment and then comes back. <laughs> like, this window is not responding. Oh, yes, it is. It's like all the lights massive. flicker. It's like... <laughs> you need all the power exactly. to download it. Love it. Okay. So here's image number one. Let's choose our height. We're going to say our height is going to be um, 600. Because if, if I'm hearing this question correctly, Rob mm-hmm. Gore is setting the height to a static height so that it's the same for all his images. Right. But he's not mm-hmm. caring about the width. Correct. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we're going to use 600 as our height. So this one happens to end up as 393 with the width. Or the... Oh, sorry. No, I... Cho- oh! Or me. Just as I clicked it, I realized, no, that was actually backwards. It's width and height now. Ugh. GIMP has reversed things. And now I have to wait for this massive image to scale. And <laughs> time Yet again. Oh. <laughs> Holy big image here, guys. We're looking at it at 18.2%. It's still there. It's, just, it's nighttime. Yeah, it's just gone dark. It's, this is the, the Halloween episode version. <laughs> Oh, come now. Oh. Things that go Why did I choose insane. such a big image for you, Rob? Gordon? Eight million Maybe pixels. I'm just going to use the... <laughs> what did the height end up being? Let's use that. Uh, Holy pic- goodness. Uh, 400 pixels for the height. And because we're live, I would never do this. I'm going to force quit. Because <laughs> I don't want you to have to wait for me to look at a progress indicator. <laughs> That's ridiculous. Go, go, go. What is this? Microsoft Windows? Uh, totally. No, it's kidding. Here we go. Okay. It's a nice picture. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's a lovely picture. The traveling <laughs> both are. Let's go, guys. All right. Let's grab height, not width, because you're doing it by height. Sorry, I thought that that one was height for some reason. I don't know. Okay. So I'm going to do 600 height, and it, notice that it's locked proportionally, so it's going to rescale correctly, and we're going to scale it down. So there is our image with 600 height. And it ends up with 916 um, width. Okay, so I'm going to export as. Now, you said you used save for web. You must be in an older version. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to export as, and I'm going to call this um, for web. Okay. And then we'll do the same as you did, 90%. I usually go for 98 because I am a beast for quality. <laughs> uh, okay, so 600, quality, uh, 600 height is what we're going for. Mm-hmm. Image, scale image, 600 height. So now I think if I follow your question that I am essentially now at the point that you're at where you've created these images, you're not caring about the width, but the height is the same for all of your images. So when I look at that, it's the same height as the other one. So I'm going to export that as for web. And again, we're going to give it 90% quality, which is 10% compression. My gosh. Mm-hmm. All right, so we now have two new images. I'm going to throw those ones away so we don't get confused. For web, I'm going to maximize that. That's the size. That's the size. Notice, exactly the same height. They are both 600 pixels high. Beautiful. WordPress is responsive. It's the word of the day. So (laughs) the whole idea behind responsive design is that when I look at a website, a WordPress site on my computer, mm-hmm. it's going to look great. The s- images mm-hmm. are going to fill in the space. It's going to look really nice. If I look at it on my phone, same thing. Mm-hmm. It's just restructured oh, okay. and moved around. That's called responsive design. So when you upload a, an image to WordPress, it is, um, it's going to do scaling, proportional scaling based on 
uh, its responsive layout. So that has to do with your template, your theme, and your settings uh, in uh, for multimedia uh, in WordPress itself. Under mm-hmm. I think it's general. Um, so with that said, when I upload this image, it's going to get resized by WordPress to a responsive um, size. So let's bring them both up again. And usually how it's going to work is it's going to have maximums. So let's say our maximum is, so Mm -hmm. WordPress thinks the maximum is 300 by 300 for this particular allocation of the image. So if the maximum is 300, it's going to look at this image and it's going to go, okay, that means 300 width, which is going to result in a 197 height. Because if I make it a 300 height, the width is now over my maximum, which is 300. So we have to do it that way. So this is what happens in the background of WordPress. So now we've got an image that is 300 by 197. Take this other image, use the same math, and say, okay, the maximum is 300. So if I put 300 as the height, this is WordPress talking now, that's going to make it 707 width, which is over my maximum, which is 300. So my width has to become 300. So now the height, because this is proportional, is now 127 pixels on that image. So now I end up with an image that is 300 by 127. It falls within the maximums that WordPress has established for your layout. Mm -hmm. But now we have one image that's 300 by 127 and one image that's 300 by 197. Right. That's what's happening there. So if we want to have our images be exactly the same Every time we need to have them be the same, the, the term that we're going to throw out there is called aspect ratio. So you've heard of your TV is 16 over 9. Mm-hmm. Um, so that can be 1920 by 1080 pixels, but it can also be 1280 by 720 pixels. Mm-hmm. It's the same aspect ratio, even though they're different sizes on your screen. First example was 1080p, second example 720p. So in order to achieve that, so if we know, I'm going to just undo um, both of these so that we're back to having a 600 height. So I'm going to look at this one, and let's, let's pretend that this is the, this is the perfect um, shape for our images. So we're going to call that our shape, but it's the aspect ratio. This is the the aspect ratio that we want. So the way that I can fix the other image so that it's the same aspect ratio is I can look at this one and I can go, okay, this is 916 by 600. So now go back to the other image, which has already been scaled down to 600, but now I need to right-click, and this time I'm going to go image canvas size and I'm going to change this so that it is not linked. Make sure that these two are not linked proportionally. And I'm going to change this. What, did I say 916? Was that correct? I Nobody made notes. No. Uh, oh. 916. <laughs> that's right. Okay. Image, canvas size, 916. Now, you see what happened? Is it positioned that in such a way that it's cutting off the right-hand side of the image? Uh, so I can... Dr- or the left-hand side. No, the right-hand side. Yeah, that's right. So I can drag this. You see that crop Mm -hmm. box? That's the size that we're going for, 916 by 600. So I can reposition this anywhere, any way I like, and then hit resize. And what it's going to do is it's going to crop that image to the exact proportions. So now if I export that image and then close out of those, now I can look at that image and look at the next image, and they are exactly the same. 
Mm-hmm. Okay. That is good. That said, what happens if you end, if you start off with one that is, uh, see, I'm cropping and I'm scaling down to 600. Remember that um, WordPress is going to scale anyways, so you don't necessarily yeah. have to scale it down to 600 first. Mm-hmm. Let WordPress do the dirty work for you. Mm-hmm. So if we have a high-resolution image, let's grab one. Because now that we've learned what we what we what we don't need to do is um, scale the image. We don't need to resize it so that it's 600 height. Instead, once we know our our desired aspect ratio, and I've just lost access to my mouse again. Sometimes this happens on Ubuntu Mate mm-hmm. and I, or Mate, and I think that it might have to do with the video drivers. Hmm. Uh, I can get in there that way. That works. Uh, now that I know that really what I'm looking for is the aspect ratio, I don't have to actually rescale this down to 600 height. I'm going to show you how to do this. So here's my massive high-res image. There it is. So now if I go image canvas size, notice I'm not going to scale this to 600 first. Now what I'm going to do is I'm going to copy the either width or height. It's going to vary depending on the the original original aspect ratio of the image. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll show you the, the process here, and then you can figure out which one is which for your photo. I'm going to copy the height. Now I'm going to go 916 by 600. That's the aspect ratio that I'm desiring. Now I can turn on the link that makes it so that it's proportional, and then paste back in the original height. Now I have a proportional aspect ratio crop for this image that is 1847 high hit resize and there's my image it's 2820 by 1847 and yet it's exactly the same aspect ratio as Mm -hmm. my 916 by 600 image because of the way that i processed that so, Rob Gore, I hope that that helps shed some light on why it's happening, how it's happening, and how to avoid it. Um, use the highest resolution images that you can because WordPress is going to automatically scale those down for you. It's not like old school uh, web design where you had to scale it, it down in. because it's too big. Yeah. Uh, save, your, save your image once it's ready. Um, do some touch-ups if you need to. Uh, but high res is great, and then WordPress is going to shrink it down. The only reason you'd want to do it any other way is maybe if you have a very finite amount of space on your server, um, then you might want to reduce the amount of space that's being consumed by your images by rescaling. But hmm. hopefully that helps. And I think that's all the time that we have. I think so. Can you believe? It goes by fast. Oh, boy, does it ever. Wow. Thank you yeah, all man. for reaching out. Thanks, guys. Appreciate Great it. show. If I didn't get to your question tonight, please uh, hang tight. Pop me another email. Say hi. I love hearing from you live at category5.tv or just go to our website category5.tv click on contact us it's just like that just like that anything exciting going on this week this coming up week well we're halfway there so we've still got a couple no i have a day off coming up nice i feel like i've been working a lot i booked a friday i'm gonna head up to the cottage soon and spend a weekend and the cottage what yeah i know it's just well well it's like it's almost summer I know, it's beautiful out there. I'm still getting used to my life as a cyclist, so... (laughs) Yeah, and how's that working? You've had...